you're listening to watercolor wash a podcast where we talk about paintings mostly about watercolors for self-taught artists and whoever loves paintings hi i'm vasu and we are together in this journey hello and welcome back to this brand new episode and today's episode is going to be very very technical and uh, if you remember i just uh, did an episode uh, right before a few days ago and that was basically on uh, the whites of watercolor and i also got a request uh, for doing a similar episode on the blacks and the darks of the watercolor so this is my um, this episode i will mostly talk uh, quite technical there will be very little philosophical uh, idea uh, behind these techniques uh, and how you can utilize it and how you can avoid uh, making mistakes while doing the dark colors in the watercolor so let's begin so first of all uh, one thing that i wanted to tell that there is a big difference between the black and the dark so black is a color and dark is a value and both of these um, can have black can have multiple values uh, but the dark is like one of the strongest uh, value itself and i do not use black in my painting as such out of fresh out of tube as a color i never use black uh, in in my paintings and there is a very good reason for that and i'll explain it to you in 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 a very good detail so what happens is uh, you know since watercolor is a transparent medium and it also um, the layers interact with each other in watercolor so what happens is the pigments interact as well as uh, since the medium is not permanent and it's water soluble and if you have a good quality paper what happens is it it tries to lift the color from the back when you try to add additional layer which is not strong enough um, with paint which if, if your next layer has more water in it and there's something which is surrounding uh, like uh, there is a boundary there is a edge of black which is about to touch this color the black mixes very very quickly in these colors and that becomes really really dangerous uh, and it 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 may spoil your painting also the pigment of the black uh, demolishes everything uh, in watercolor if you mix it with red you, you might get a little bit of color that what you want but the pigments are so strong in usually in black and they leave um, they they're not a very good blending uh, pigment uh, t- to be honest so i never use black rather than if i have to use black i create a mixture of red yellow and blue so these three colors and majorly blue uh, these three colors are uh, if you add them together they they create a very good dark value and the natural uh, color of the cloud of the dark cloud is exactly the same three colors so you can do that and if you want like a real dark value which looks very black in that case you can go go for like ultramarine blue and burnt uh, burnt umber so this mixture of burnt umber and ultramarine blue 
is my black this is what i usually use when i'm painting some uh, like black hair or uh, like there is a dark background so i use uh, i use uh, ultramarine blue and burnt umber together to get the effect so now let's uh, talk about uh, like what is usually where do we actually use black uh, or the dark values usually you know mostly in the still life scenario when like uh, you might have seen the current day photography uh, which is the still life photography of uh, of today um, it's very um, oriented towards having a black background so that you can see everything very clearly what is in front of you so it's usually black background and it's like say per se it's let's say it's a z black and like no reflection coming out of it and it, it's absorbing all the light so it's kind of pitch black background that's number one painting so i, I think matthew bird uh, you can look for this artist matthew bird he, he is a young artist from america and he does very realistic uh, uh, still life paintings and he and he uh, the method that he uses is he he definitely uses black as a color and not uh, the mixture uh, but what he does is he does the masking he he is very skilled to do that and he does uh, masking on the major subject at first and then does the background first and that's how uh, like you know it, it comes out as pitch black so you can if you i'm not encouraging you uh, to do what i do uh, but if you um, if you want to have like a very good flat black mixture it's like uh, or and you want to use the color black i would say there are there are like few blacks like ivory black ivory black is uh, one of the best blacks out there so you can use that kind of black or you can like you know uh, create a genuine mixture of any colors uh, if if taken in like uh, on the darker spectrum like even violet violet and uh, um, uh, violet and brown which is like burnt umber again or raw umber itself if you mix them together as well you, you might get a different sh shade of black and then there is blackish green and then there is tierra worth which is a form of green so these colors when mixed with uh, again with burnt umber can give you uh, quite black and you you might have an additional mixture of blue in that uh, which makes it even more darker so you you have like a spectrum of choice if you want to paint a dark value and so rather than using directly ivory black the the couple of things that i uh, that that are very helpful and advantageous of using this mixtures is um it's it's uh, one of those things which looks which gives a little bit of different um mood to your painting rather than just using black you if you're using like a shade of black which is uh, greenish which is in more violet or which is more bluish it gives you a unique um it, it gives you a good environment or a mood it creates a vibe in a painting even if you are doing a still life which has a black background it's it's a great idea uh, so that you can use uh, um, so that you can use these mixtures rather than using the black uh, 
and also this is one school of thought the other school of thought is like you know it's a pretty standard uh, what uh, people used to do in oil is like um, since oil paints are expensive many people do in acrylic even if the paint is going to be the painting is going to be in oil if you have a very big portion of big uh, uh, area that needs to be covered they just use like acrylic color which is like perfect black and get a very smooth and a very um, homogeneous consistent mixture of the color and a very flat wash uh, the, but that's in oil same thing you can do in watercolor and I would suggest like this requires uh, wet on dry if you are doing going very dark and uh, wet on wet is not such a great idea if you want to have a very dark um, mixture but you you got to make sure that all of your uh, strokes are overlapping exactly on same um, intervals so that it looks uh, like a flat wash and you can also go uh, uh, wet on wet but uh, you should paint at the point when the paper is almost dry there is some trace of water in it and then you can do it as well so this is uh, more about uh, this this was all about having a very dark background in 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 your painting now let's talk about another one especially the dark clouds if you have a very dramatic sky suppose you're painting a landscape we just talked about what we can do in the um, in the still life I, I have another topic for still life for this podcast I'll come back to that uh, but now I want to talk about uh, what about uh, the skies well, like when the skies uh, is having a lot of drama and a lot of drama comes only when there is something there is some activity happening in the cloud in the in the sky and the and the only activity happening in the sky is usually the clouds and for an artist we don't see it as uh, the activity of an object or a hindrance um, we see see it as an activity of light it's like a it's a play of light for us as an artist and how do you depict depict that how do you get the accurate colors for the sky so so I would suggest not to look at any photograph uh, if, if you get a chance that if you are in a cloudy weather today or if, if cloud is very common if it's a rainy day look at the sky when it is cloudy and it's also partially sunny it's, it's probably either rained or it's after rain or before rain how the sky looks like and you will observe that you know uh, some places the clouds get really really dark and that's like the bottom of the cloud usually the like the bottom or like the most uh, part of the cloud but starts from the bottom and in the top there is like a very cl crystal clear light very sharp light coming out of that and then uh, when the light ends um, when the light goes dim uh, uh, and on the upside and you can see like a very dim blue uh, which is basically the the color of the sky so what is this color of this cloud so as I told you, um, it's it's the black that is created by blue, red, and yellow. So and you you can try it, uh, give it a try with like you know more um, more variations of blues and white, uh, yellows and reds to get the unique color that you see in the cloud. 
but this is going to be your mixture so one artist that i i i tried to talk about i think i have an episode about uh, sergey tambrev or not yet i think i i have only two artist episode as of now uh, one is matt sorf and uh, another one is john singer sergeant but sergey tambrev is uh, a russian artist and and he is one of the very few artists who has mastered and conquered the skies he he paints amazing um watercolor skies and especially dramatic clouds his speciality is just dramatic clouds so you might search on youtube for sergey tamrev and i will give give out give away the name as well in the bottom of this podcast so that you can easily um search for him and there are a few videos of him uh, doing he usually doesn't do any class but it's like a some demonstration which was recorded not a very good quality but you can see how he does it and that, i think that's the best way to paint the clouds uh, and and then there are also some uh, japanese artists who are really good at uh, doing cloud work and um, kamti harusaki is uh, kanti harusaki is uh, one of those guys uh, who does i'm not sure if he's a he is it's him or her uh but it's like um that cloud is very good so that's another kind of darkness that we are talking about in this case you have um you usually have a play of dark and light and an immediate dark and immediate light so that's uh that that's the play that you can use the dark clouds and you can use this three mixtures that i just told you and in the first case uh you can use just ivory black as um um as matthew bird uses third one i want to uh, speak about like you know um like a wet on wet dark and usually wet on wet is not um a very good choice when you are going to use um a darker background and usually when we paint darkness it's either the background or some variation in the subject where we are trying to get high contrast so uh, and uh, and i do not paint in high contrast i paint in natural contrast so that's my uh, my contrast uh, level of painting so whatever i see in real time in uh, in real life even if there is a photograph of it i try to dim down the contrast to the real life situation and then i paint from that so this is my style but some there are so many artists who actually get a lot of praise and it's well deserved as well because their paintings look great because you you know they bring contrast um, uh, high contrast so in that case what you can do is um in certain situations you can use wet on wet darkness as well again the color mixture is your choice and i would in this case i would definitely say do not use direct black Uh, because i have done this in past and and i tried to give it a chance to the black like okay this time please work for me but it always ruined the painting so when you are doing wet on wet usually use the mixes of these two another good uh, advantage of using the mixture of these two if you are doing a color lifting or if you are you know um, like trying to make some small corrections in the dark first of all if you have painted really dark the correction time is 
like the first 10 seconds if you want to do correction grab a tissue and pick pick up the paint as soon as you put it if you think that you have over painted somewhere or some uh, done something wrong that's the and if you do it with the black color it will always leave a trace behind as a black but if you are doing it with a mixture of um, ultramarine blue and burnt umber it will give you some sort of uh, you know some hint of blue or either some hint of brown you know so you can save the day with this so this is one of the greatest advantage that i always see in and it also looks natural dark you never see pitch black in like you know until in, we don't see any pitch black um, as a background in real life unless you have put up a cloth behind the fruits in the still life like you know and so usually that's that's what i that's why i use the darker values not rather than using a complete black background and it's like uh, it's it's one of um my weaknesses or strength you might say is like i i try to get as much accurate to the natural weaving um uh, angles uh, sorry natural colors and natural values natural looking colors and uh, natural looking values so that's um, the wet on wet uh, that you can do on, and you can do it for you know when it's not extremely dark for instance i did i just did a class on skillshare recently where i'm uh, i did a floral painting uh, skillshare class so in that uh, i'm using a sunflower as a subject and it's usually very light yellow on the outer side of the sunflower and then it goes a little bit smaller and a little bit lighter inside towards the inside so i to bring this color more out what i did i i did a green a dark green background for that i uh, initially i used i did not use wet on wet but i used a flat um, paint a flat uh, thick mixture of green uh, blackish green uh, on that so a darker value of green mixed with burnt umber and then then it turned out that like you know it's not dark enough and it's, it doesn't look consistent enough so while this uh, first layer was still wet I, I created another layer and then I made it more uniform with a bigger brush and with more precision and uh, and the background started looking somewhat um, consistent somewhat and somewhat darker so in a way it was a wet on wet because the layer one was already uh, was was there and already wet and it was a choice to do that because um, I could easily see the brush marks I had uh, distinctly in my first layer so one of my uh, intention was also to hide those uh, brush strokes and to hide those brush strokes I had to like you know like repaint uh, that with a bigger brush and with a bigger uh, with a darker value and it turned out great so you might want to check check that one out as well so yeah just an example of uh, how do you do a wet on wet uh, darker value so that's uh, uh, that's like the number three wet on wet now i want to talk about um, the dry brush technique uh, for the backgrounds and um, so many of you might have seen my paintings as well as uh, you can see the similar thing 
uh, being done in Andrew White's paintings as well. And Andrew White um, used dark in a very different way. He usually painted in egg tempera and also his watercolors, uh, which has a lot of, uh, of value trading uh, within the painting. And his darks are, are usually not blacks, but it's, it's a dry brush dark which is um, a standard ultramarine blue and uh, burnt umber and I don't know what color he might have used but that's my depiction is is like some sort of I think in, in many cases he also used raw umber and and uh, ultramarine blue or cobalt blue all this together and he created dry brush technique and it gives you a very um, I wouldn't say it's a very uh, realistic but it's a very uh, suggestive it's very uh, high quality impression of a dark wall of a of a white color wall which is being seen in the darkness so uh, so this i uh, my paintings if it's a still life or if it is a portrait that has a darker value darker background it's always going to be a dry brush uh, darkness and so these uh, we are very few artists uh, who who do this and I'm not so sure that why it's not very popular out there uh, but this is how I do it and if you uh, want to check out a few paintings you can go to my Instagram and uh, look at my um, still lifes which has some darker backgrounds so you you might be able to see what I'm trying to do what I'm trying to say and yeah so th this is uh, uh, all the darkness that I'm uh, talking about now let's talk about the let's get away from the uh, uh, from the uh, from the backgrounds all these things we talked about is uh, is is the background but where else we do we use uh, the darkness and as I told you that in in somewhere in between the podcast that we use um, we use darker values to create contrast within the main subject, within the body of the painting. And this could be like a spherical ball and where the light is on the one side and you're trying to create uh, a sense of dimension. You're trying to create the values uh, to create a sense of three dimension. And uh, that's where you can usually use this dark, but it has to be blended in such a way and in this case you should never use black if you are doing if you're using uh, if you're using dark for a body for a painting inside uh, inside the body of the painting never use black in that case always use the mixture of ultramarine blue and burnt umber or you can create your own darker values with whatever color you are comfortable with and uh, so the reason is it the blending becomes easier because you're all already creating um, some sort of um, uh, some sort of contrast so the contrast takes place if it's a curve there will be a blending of values if it is an edge there you might get like you know a direct um, edge and uh, like for instance let's say there's there are a lot of leaves and to to highlight the few leaves you might have to paint some leaves dark but uh, to suggest that something which is dark underneath is also a leaf first 
of all, it will be a little uh, darker value or blackish value right below the lighter leaf. But the darker leaf, somewhere you have to show that it's also green. And for that, you need to do some, some sort of blending. And that can only happen if you have, uh, if you have the right kind of dark values in there. So I hope, like, uh, I think this is, um, I mean, I can go on and on with a lot of examples <laughs> on how to do the darks and the lights um, in a watercolor printing. But uh, this, I hope this is like one of the, um, th these are like few good examples, few good techniques that you can use to have darker values, uh, how to use the darker values. Now I want to come back to like, you know, um, another topic a very quick topic a couple of minutes i want to spend on this so i got some a few requests on um on my instagram recently about my skillshare class that they wanted to see um like a basic fundamental um uh, of landscapes so i'm because uh, my classes i i saw i reanalyzed them recently and it's more like a demo base or more painting based but this time I wanted to share in my new class uh, to add additional theory uh, behind um, uh, behind the concepts and um, and that was one of the feedbacks that I got so thank you so much uh, for the feedback and um, and similarly if you have any feedback if you want to learn about something not ne not necessarily uh, on skillshare but if you have like a valid question in your mind about watercolor or, or on any any topic of watercolor you can definitely dm me on my instagram or on my facebook so my facebook page is like you know it was quite dull and um i was not giving any attention to it but recently it got uh, it started getting a lot of hit and um, uh, especially because I joined a page uh, where I posted my paintings through that uh, Facebook page and it, 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 it got a lot of attention. So thank you for that. And I, I have, so um, the three paintings that I did in plain air is only available on my Facebook in like one single post. So do check out my Facebook as well. It's on the link is on the description. And um, I have four links on my description right now. Uh, one is Instagram, one is Facebook, one is my Skillshare, and another one is, um, let, me, let me just see what another one is. Yeah, and another one is my email. So even if you want to like reach out to me and write an email uh, for some questionnaire or for, for some feedback that, um, uh, so I'm always open to that. So you, uh, you have my Instagram, my Facebook, and my Skillshare links. So do check that out. And also, um, I encourage you to please rate this podcast on whatever platform you're listening. It will help me. Right now, my podcast is not monetized and I'm, I'm trying to uh, continue uh, this podcast and I need a little bit of support uh, as a very um, young artist and, and a beginner. And I want to continue spreading uh, these techniques with you and with more people. So do rate it on and do write some reviews if you can and do check out my my page my instagram skillshare and facebook if you have and if you have any ideas for the like episode or questions that you want me to discuss on this podcast um, i'm very happy to do that yes 
and thank you so much um, and recently last few weeks has been very good for the podcast and very important news i just forgot almost forgot uh, thank you for 100 students on my skillshare it's a very good day so see you in the next episode and thank you for listening